0: We have a couple of injury updates from the Charlotte Hornets. Steve Clifford speaks on the Hivecast podcast. What goals did he and LaMelo set out for LaMelo himself? We'll get to all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making this your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube, by the way. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail and Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L O H, the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Let's get to some of the injury updates here, Doug, because injuries were a problem against the Atlanta Hawks, even though they still found a way to win and they won handily against a team that they're going to be competing with to try to get into the play-in tournament. They even got not necessarily revenge because the stakes were higher in the play in game last year, but it was a nice victory over a team that you had beef with because of the way that they bounced you out of the postseason just last year. They did so without LaMelo. They did so without Cody Martin. There was no Terry Rozier. You're still not going to have LaMelo. He's listed as out for this game, but Terry Rozier, Cody Martin making some progress. They're given the doubtful designation. Now we've joked a lot. After what we saw last year and the year before, can't really take for gospel what any of the designations are surrounding whatever player for the Hornets, right? I I would like to compare their designations to other teams and just how accurate they are once it comes to the tip. It's not necessarily exactly accurate here for Charlotte, but Terry doubtful, Cody Martin doubtful new year, new Hornets. We'll see exactly if these guys can suit up against the Knicks because man, as much as the magic happened against Atlanta. Even if the Knicks aren't this huge juggernaut, it's still going to be really tough to win consistently without a Lamello, Terry, and Cody Martin.
1: Well, new year, new coach. Uh, So maybe the philosophy is different around the injuries. Uh, It's been pretty clear uh, when when guys are doubtful, they they typically are out. And when guys are declared out, they're not suddenly not out. So I I think we can read into this uh, that we probably won't see Terry Rozier or Cody Martin in this game against uh, the New York Knicks, which we will preview later in the show. Uh, Now, they were all shooting at practice, Walker, so that's a positive development. Mm-hmm. All of them are shooting, but they haven't done any of that, uh, any of the contact part of practice or anything beyond shooting. And so I, I don't know if we're, we're really going to see them uh, in the game until they've had an opportunity to do that. So that would mean, you know, probably this back-to-back that's coming up uh, later in the week, uh, that could be an opportunity for, for at least uh, one uh, of these players to get back in there. And, and we should just say... Like, it's pretty amazing what the Hornets have been able to do going two and one without a lot of these guys at their disposal. I mean, Cody Martin goes out very quickly in that first game. You've lost Terry for a game, LaMelo for three games. The way they've been able to hold together and get contributions from almost every single person that stepped on the floor at this point has been truly, and it's been fun to watch.
0: If you were going to win this season, and you need to take advantage of all the stretches where you're going to be at least in a pick'em scenario or an advantage anywhere within a three-game ex- three-point expectation. Right, the beginning of the season was pretty important for that, and the fact that you had to suffer some of these injuries you did with Lamelo Terry and Cody Martin, the fact that you you are two and one, you just keep fighting back. It's an advantage turn disadvantage then you find a way to bounce back and end up getting the victory anyway you also yes even the first four games that you pl- excuse me the first five games that you had four of them were on the road so they lose the home game in their first three you have the away game tomorrow night against the new york or tonight we're recording this tuesday so you have the game against the knicks tonight in madison square garden and then you have the game in orlando so there's two other road appearances if you're not ready for new york Hopefully you can get ready for Orlando. But these are all teams, Doug, that you're going to be competing with. If this is the goal, right? And we imagine that this is the goal, at least for the Hornets right now, to win basketball games. Shocker. I know the goal is for the Hornets to win basketball games. If that's the case, then you look at a team like New York and say, okay, they probably underachieved last year. I expect the Knicks to play better than they did last year. I don't think they're going to make this deep playoff run. I still expect them to be a top 10 seed. If New York is among those teams, right? One of the teams you can get a victory against. These are going to be the ones that are important when you look back at some of the losses they accumulated at the end of the season. Same thing with Orlando, right? Like as we talk about the inexplicable losses that take place to teams that they should absolutely beat, we can go back to Orlando last year. Well, Orlando, they have Palo Boncaro. That dude's been awesome. He looks like he should have been the number one overall pick. He's playing like that right now. Still got to get the victory, even if you have some of these injuries. And I'm not going to hold it against the Hornets if they don't too much, right? Like, I understand they are dealing with a disadvantage, certainly if they miss three of their backcourt players once again. But it's unfortunate, too, just because this seemed to be the foundation, the launching pad that you could provide yourself for this season. And you're having to do it with some of these guys out. It's going to be tough, but they've done it two games in in the first three. So, you know, can you hold on a little longer as those guys get healthy? That'll be the question.
1: Well, I want to show you a couple of things that I'm seeing on cleaning the glass right now, because in order to, they don't just want to win basketball games, Walker. I'm going to challenge you a little bit on there. I don't think that's okay. the goal for this team right now. It's not to win basketball games. It's to win playoff games. I mean, that's the mindset well, that is pervasive among the coaching staff and among the players now whatever the franchise ends up doing if they can't meet if they don't feel like they meet those or can meet those goals you know later in the season everything might switch gears but right now everything you're hearing from Terry to Gordon to LaMelo to Steve Clifford is it's all about playoff success and and they feel like uh they have depth Uh, now Walker we laughed (laughs) we laughed at Steve Clifford saying that that he had depth on this team but he was right I mean shout out to shout out to Steve Clifford he knew his team uh They've certainly showed that depth, but I want to show you another thing that Steve Clifford likes to talk about and that's balance on the floor. Uh, offense and defense, you know, getting, getting that defense up to 15th place, I think what would be a, a, a novel goal for a team that didn't play defense. Right now they're sitting ninth in defense in the league, according to Clean the Glass. They are third in offense. They're third overall in the league uh, in point differential right now through three games. Dallas number one, Milwaukee number two, Charlotte number three in point differential. New Orleans number four. Oh, hey, New York number five in point differential, but they've also played Orlando and Detroit. Uh, but there you go. They barely lose. Uh, not barely. I mean, it was a wire-to-wire loss against New Orleans, but it didn't feel like a blowout. Like, it didn't feel like New Orleans was in an entirely different league than Charlotte, and Charlotte was missing their all-star, their only all-star player. New Orleans is fourth in point differential. But third in offense, ninth in defense, um, that's, that's a pretty incredible start. It's why I said on Twitter that this two-and-one start walker feels more important than the 3 and o start that they had last season which was a franchise record strangely they've never started better than 3 and 0 prior to last season but this one feels different because, yes, last season you had players ascending that you weren't expecting, like Miles Bridges. But this season, you don't see any of the cracks in the defense that I saw in that 3-0 start last season where I'm going, man, they are just blowing the doors off of people offensively. But defensively, they're an absolute uh, you know, disaster, and that's going to catch up with them. Right now, the Hornets, uh, because of some, some really great play off the bench and from the starters, uh, they've they've gotten a de- they've got a defense here that I think might not be top ten, but could be in the middle of the pack when all said and done.
0: Players are just flat out playing differently. Nick Richards, this is a completely different guy. Dennis Smith Jr., you didn't have that player on your roster before, and Kelly Oubre has changed the way that he played. So you have a few guys that have either changed their own identity or provide an entirely new one altogether by becoming an addition oh, to man. this team later in the offseason.
1: Oh, I'm just looking at these. Oh, here, I'll, I'll throw it back up on the screen. I'm looking at these uh, player stats now for the Charlotte Hornets. Again, through three games. All right, fine. Small sample size theater. That's what we're doing here. We're pulling back the curtain. This is act number one. Many acts to go. But so far in act one, I like what I see. But look at these crazy points per shot attempt numbers according to Cleaning the Glass. Well, Maladon hasn't had many minutes, but he has a 200 points per hey, shot matter. attempt. Small
0: small sample, whatever. <laughs> doesn't matter. 200. We'll 200. see if we can continue.
1: Two hundred uh, <laughs> points per shot. Att- per, points per shot attempt. Too. This is uh, by the way. It's total points scored per one hundred shot attempts. Jt Thor is sitting at one sixty six point seven. Jalen McDaniel's at one forty seven. I'm just reading these top to bottom, and I haven't gotten to a starter yet. Nick Richards one forty five. Still haven't gotten to a starter yet. He's Dennis Smith Jr. It started last game but he's he's really the backup point guard he's at 133 finally I get to a starter walker 126.1 for Gordon Hayward that's incredible I mean I don't get to one I don't get to around 100 until I get to Terry Rozier at 104.4 and he's had two games where he scored 20 or more points both both the games that he was in
0: I like looking I like looking at three-game stats. It's also, there's a uh, 33% assist percentage for uh, Terry Rozier right now. So he's Crazy. just Amazing. Become...
1: Dennis Smith Jr., 27.5. And again, both of Dennis Smith Jr. and Terry Rozier have done some really good scoring. And that's, that's one point that I'd like to make, is that I feel like... A couple of things are happening. You've got a lot of players on this team right now doing multiple things and doing them well, and you've got a lot of players contributing in different ways every single game and in different ways. So it's not you know you're not seeing one player f- completely fall asleep on a game. I mean that's that's what I really like to see.
0: Lamelo Ball has not been playing for this team, and he come in and provide them a couple of different uh, uh, ways that he can help this franchise as well. He's the star. He's a guy that we need back here in order to really take us to the full ceiling in Charlotte. So let's talk about that coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: Steve Clifford talked with Sam Farber, who, by the way, plug. I'm going to talk with tomorrow on WFNZ from 10 to 2 for with my boy Wes. So Sam Farber going to be joining us tomorrow, play-by-play announcer for the Hornets. He asked Steve Clifford about some of the goals that he has with Lamelo, and he said that they came up with three together, but would not share those goals. We're going to guess what those goals might be coming up next. But now, before we talk about Prize Picks, because it's an awesome fantasy app where you pick two to five players, and if they go score more or less than the Prize Picks projection. You can win up to ten times on your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you for the versus the projections that are available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes the M- NBA, NFL. I think I just made up a league that you can watch, but I wouldn't doubt it's included. NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR. I'm not done. Tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. You get the idea. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit matchup to $100. What are LaMelo Ball's goals coming into the season? We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor they had at least one out there the entire you time four hall of famers if they do put them anywhere stack them up it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast The Hornets have had no choice but to put some guys that aren't starters on the floor playing all together as we relay off of the bump that was Golden State playing. It's a little bit different than what the Warriors are working with here in Charlotte. Kelly Oubre, Dennis Smith Jr., who had been a journeyman. Nick Richards is coming aboard now and and coming out with a uh, breaking out party, I should say. So it's awesome to see some of these guys playing very well. But we all miss LaMelo, no doubt. Most fun player on the team. We do miss Lamello and we want him back on the court as soon as possible, as long as it's also as healthy as possible. So Doug, I know you were listening to the hive cast. I've not had a chance to listen to it myself yet, but I know you were listening and Sam Farber and Steve Clifford were talking about the goals for one Lamello ball.
1: That's true. Yeah, they were. But unfortunately, Steve Clifford would not. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going there. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's
0: okay. I was trying to set you up. But sometimes the ball falls off the tee. You know, when people say that, it's so easy. Maybe it's a windy day and the ball just fell off the tee. You well, swung and missed. And I didn't set it up correctly. So I apologize.
1: Well, I'm also, I'm juggling a lot of things right now because mm-hmm. I, I'm i trying to figure out how I'm go- going to work in uh, this WWE Raw segment uh, that happened at Spectrum Center
0: in Charlotte. Oh, right.
1: Uh, I don't have you
0: seen this Walker? Well, I know that it was there. I haven't seen anything that was crazy that happened, but I know that they hosted that event at Spectrum.
1: Well, so there's this bat and I don't know much about wrestling anymore. I was a fan as a kid, you know, the Rock Stone Cold, you know, that was my, you know, Sting. Attitude Sting Attitude. Was scary, era. He was cool. That was that, that was like WCW, right? That was the Rivals. I think he no obviously played there a little bit. Anyway, this is not a wrestling podcast. But I just I saw this thing, and I, I'm trying to figure out when to bring it up, so I guess I'm going to bring it up now, which is that uh, one of the bad guys, uh, the heels, if you will, I do know a little bit of wrestling terminology, mm-hmm. uh, one of the bad guys, JBL, uh, I think that stands for his name. Yeah, John Bradshaw Layfield uh, wears a cowboy hat and uh, is a bad guy. He comes out, and he says, uh, he's basically uh, dissing Charlotte. He said, you even took the goat of all goats Michael Jordan, and turned him into a loser.
0: You see, Charlotte,
1: North Carolina is like so much of the rest of the world. It is where dreams
0: come to die. Wow. (laughs) So he is a heel. He just went straight at it. He just went into
1: a person's house, Spectrum Center, and called them a loser. (sighs)
0: <sighs> yeah. That's disrespectful. I don't know um, if
1: MJ's watching that, but
0: I don't know who JBL is though. So I don't know if that did. <laughs> I don't know if that I'm sure he could beat me up in real time, fake time, hit me with a chair. I'm sure it's all very real as far as the type of fight that we would have. But yeah, Doug, let's set this up again. Let me hold on one second. Okay. All right, I found the ball. Here, I'm going to put it back on the tee. So, Doug, you were listening to the podcast with Sam Farber and Steve Clifford, and they talked about LaMelo's goals.
1: I did. It was a great podcast. Uh, they were talking about the goals for LaMelo, or Steve Clifford brought them up, but he was he's, he's, a, little, he's a little sneaky minx. He wasn't going to reveal <laughs> what those three goals were. Where apparently, I think this is a team thing. They come up with uh, three or some number of goals for every single player on the team. Uh, So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about on the podcast, what do you think those three goals were and and honestly, they could be anything. We don't know what they were. They could be a stat. Uh, it could be something more ephemeral. You know, it could be play great, play really great, look sexy while you're doing it. I mean, those are my three sort of mottos as I go through the day. Walker, on to the last
0: one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's a process. It's, I said it last show. Progress, process. That's what it's all <laughs> yeah. about. Walker, what do you think uh, one of those goals were?
0: Well, anytime you think of LaMelo and the offense that he needs to work on, I immediately go to finishing at the rim. And even specifically, I was looking at NBA.com and looking at the driving stats for players last year. Really, I just filtered it because if you go, by the way, so they, they divide it not by positions, at least what I was able to find on NBA.com, but they divide it by height, right? So if you go six seven or less or shorter, Lamelo was not included there, so the next iteration that you have of the height category is six ten. So just for filter's sake, to put that out into the universe of players six ten or shorter, okay. all those players in that category, when it came to driving, Lamelo Ball was in the top twenty. So he was there and shooting it a lot. Yeah, driving quite a bit. It was thirteen point eight drives per game, is what it was posted, and you know that was in the top twenty. And he also, among all the players that were listed, shot the worst percentage of all of the players that I just mentioned. It came in to something at about 44%. You can get a, you can get some guys that are right there after you get outside the top 20. Fred Van Vliet is one person to notice, who's also not been a very good um, finisher at the rim throughout his career. But LaMelo also has a lot more height than does Fred Van Vliet. And so to me, if you shoot 44%, I'd like to see LaMelo shoot 50, you know, that's, that's a big jump, but I wonder if that's a lofty goal to try to shoot for. Can LaMelo, who is six, eight, at least listed six, eight. Can you shoot 50% on your drives? If you're, if you're taking what, so I I forgot about the attempts per drive. um, But if you're doing that 14 times a game for the most part, and if you can shoot 50%, that's just going to bump your scoring average up quite a bit and help this basketball team. So I wonder if, if you get 48, whatever kind of maths they might, uh, math numbers they might have crunched a little bit more, right, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see if they can really improve that number on his drives per game.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's drives per game. I think it's efficiency once he gets there. I think it's about free throws. We know uh, that he has mm-hmm. been trying to do some research on how to draw more fouls. Now, in the short little span that we had in the preseason while watching LaMelo Ball, he didn't really get to that point yet. I didn't really see – that, uh, you know, determination to get fouled or ability to get fouled. But as we've seen with this entire Hornets roster, uh, what we saw in the preseason is not necessarily indicative of what we were going to see in the regular season. So hopefully that holds true for that aspect of LaMelo Ball's game as well. And I think that will take, you know, the, the points per game up, which I think could land him you know, over the course of an 82-game season, if he gets back relatively quickly from this ankle injury, could lead to possible All-NBA consideration. And I think that could be a goal as well, a stretch goal. Third-team All-NBA, second-team All-NBA. I would put that on there as well. And then, you know... Assist to turnover ratio. Uh, you know he's going to be super creative, and he, he has the ball in, he has the ball in his hands a lot. And so you know you're going to have to deal with a certain number of turnovers for him. But uh, you know I, I think if if that ratio could get a little bit better, I think that could be another goal for Lamelo Ball. Just taking care of the basketball, making sure that there are no wasted possessions. Because it's it's less about like trying to rein in his creativity when he tries to make a play, and it's more about getting rid of some of those play those plays where he's just trying to do a little bit too much uh, on the offensive end and so i think uh, that could be a goal as well
0: yeah and and honestly just as far as players on the team go it's not like he had that bad of an assist to turnover ratio i'm looking at it right now i think it was like 2.3 something like that that was better than miles bridges uh you know but with had-
1: lamello at this point we're talking about you know, and this is incredible to talk about with a player who's only in his third year, but we're talking about doing some things essentially around the margins. I mean, these goals aren't going to be like, hey, I need you to make drastic uh, major improvements. And I, I credit Steve yeah. Clifford with going out of his way to make sure that he publicly acknowledges that it's you're not trying to remake the wheel with Labello Ball. You're not trying to do vastly change his game. You're talking about making small tweaks, making small improvements that are going to have ripple effects on his own individual stats and individual accomplishments. But more importantly, are going to have ripple effects on the rest of the team. And I think getting rid of a few of those plays per game, making those small adjustments, you know, could uh, could have big dividends over the course of, oh,
0: yeah. of the season. Oh, yeah. And and I wonder, too, because this has been a team that has been pretty opportunistic. And I know Steve Clifford, when talking about team defense, has not necessarily I mean, he's talked about steals, right? Like, you know, and how, hey, this team did get out in passing lanes and they were able to take advantage uh, of that sort of thing. You know, you look at Kelly Oubre. He's had a couple steals on average this game, um, this season, I should say, Dennis Smith Jr. So you look at those two players, at least so far in the young NBA season, they're both tied with a few other players at sixth right now. So Kelly Oubre has gotten quite a bit of steals. You also had Dennis Smith Jr. do that as well. I'm trying to look at the team stats real quickly, but I wonder if Lamelo kind of has that goal too. He averaged 1.6, so basically one and a half last season. Are you trying to up? his steel numbers and more minutes for LaMelo. You could probably see that as well. I just wonder, it's always hard for individual defensive goals because it's really hard to quantify how good you're doing or what stat can tell you how good you're doing, right? So if we're trying to just go more towards statistical goals it would be harder defensively to try to find where that is um, but you know better defensively is the vague one maybe steals is one where you try to up that uh, a little bit more and then maybe you start yeah. to look at some of the other catch-all defensive stats and let's see if Lamelo can improve there well
1: I think he mentioned something in that hive cast too about how like You can make great contributions on the defensive end without being like a super physical player, and I think that's ultimately that's the future for Lamelo Ball on the defensive end. They've got to find ways because I don't I don't think he's ever going going to become like a lockdown defender that's going to prevent somebody from you know a really good you know a really good driver from getting to the rim. I, I think he's going to have to find some ways to make an impact overall on the defensive end. I think steals is one way, but I think deflections is another way. You know how many deflections per game can he get? I was trying to look at what he averaged last season or if he was in the top 10. Uh, Kelly Oubre, by the way, is in the top 10 right now after three games. Mm-hmm. Talk about small sample size theater, 4.0 deflections per game. Kelly Oubre, that was a goal for him, be a pest on the defensive end. He's so far, he's coming through with that. You yeah. know, He's coming through on his promise there. But back to LaMelo, deflections. And then this conversation reminded me of something that I heard from him in his NBA TV interview that he did. And, and he was talking about kind of goals for the team for the season, and he said, get all the loose balls. So I don't know if he was just coming out with something, you know, that off the top of his head or something. that. may But I think it's something that maybe has been a focus for the team, but maybe a focus for him too. Maybe one of the goals is, hey – you know, if, if you can not only steal the basketball, get us out into transition, but also, you know, those hustle stats, getting to more loose balls with those long arms. I mean, he's got the physical tools that if he that if he did, if he did make that a focus, that could, again, have ripple effects on his individual stats and the team stats. So that could be a goal as well.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I had a couple there. Um, what? W- let's go with you with the with the last goal here before we head to break. What's a, a third one that you thought maybe Lamelo um, might have along with Steve Clifford?
1: I just think, again, more more three-point shots. I, I just think, you know, hopefully one of the goals – and I don't know if this would have been on the list for Steve Clifford because I think there are some other priorities that, that he would probably uh, value a little bit more with LaMelo. But I think, you know, in order for him to reach his offensive goals, I think he has to – Uh, continue not only continue but even slightly again around the margins increase his ability to knock down three-point shots uh, both assisted and unassisted I think he did you know I I think he was gangbusters uh, unassisted like his pull-up jump shot numbers were great but you know maybe finding some more ways to get him some looks in the corner where he can knock down those assisted three-point shots uh, would would be another goal that again can take him into all NBA territory
0: Yeah. Also, just last thing too, you know how LaMelo loves the floater, right? Loves those little running jump shots. It really, really something that he struggled with for a large portion of last season, but started to kind of hit his stride. I thought, man, was it the Pacers game where it was ugly for Charlotte? But I do think... LaMelo hit a couple of runners in that one, and it looked good. And so I wonder, as you talk about drives, where can he make up on maybe, let's say, one of the goals isn't going well, right? Maybe the floater, maybe that game is something that could help out with LaMelo and uh, the offensive numbers there. What did you smack your forehead for, as if you forgot something really important? Is oh, it I did wrestling forget. Take?
1: Oh, I did forget something. I said Kelly Oubre, top 10. He's sitting in eighth, or tied for eighth with four deflections per game. But Dennis Smith Jr. is tied for fifth at 4.3 deflections per game. You want to know why the Hornets right now are sitting ninth in defense in the league after being absolutely miserable last season? You know, it's effort, it's intensity, it's getting out there and making sure that you're deflecting things. But I, also, real quick, I want to read some names on this deflections list to let you know, like, the level of player that ends up on the top of this list. Deflections per game, Anthony. Davis, Paul George, De'Aaron Fox, Dejounte Murray, Jalen Brunson. I mean, these are these are high level players that are ended up ending up on this list. It's asked of stars to be that kind of involved in the defensive end. If you're not going to lock somebody down, at least get your arms out and make those deflections.
0: Lamelo well, has the instincts to make it happen. So we'll yeah. see if that's a list that he can appear on. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we'll talk about this game against the New York Knicks. It's a team that you're going to be competing with as one of those teams expected to in your range so these wins are huge we'll talk about how they can get that victory with Doug Branson having a few next thoughts coming up next on the locked on Hornets podcast
1: this is
0: locked on Hornets
1: I know a lot about too. the weight room I know a lot a ton, ton about the way I, I I don't I don't lift a lot of weights uh, but I do kind of stand around the weight room I sort of I kind of are you using that are you you good okay good okay good. yeah and you know no, I stand yeah. around
0: the weight room a lot do you have the high socks and the headband on with your hair tied back? Oh yeah, big like white tube socks for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: headband. Yeah, I have got it all. I've got yeah, big head- the these is- big head- these headphones right here that you see me wearing on YouTube right now. I take these into the gym. That's <laughs> not so just You know, it's about looking professional. You got to look the part, right? Dress for the job that you want. That's how I feel about how I am in the weight room. It's time for more
0: of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for making On Hornets your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA available on the odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. I know you have some Knicks takes, Doug, you've been watching the film. You've been grinding. You've been a basketball nerd boy. What kind of Knicks takes do you have?
1: Well, the Knicks are better so far this season, but they haven't played uh, you know, a ton of stiff competition yet. They've gotten wins. They, they lost their opener against Memphis, and that Memphis defense really had their way with them. And then they played Detroit and Orlando, and things got a little bit better for the Knicks. Uh, but it's all about the three J's for the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, uh, Julius Randle, and uh, their their new addition, yeah, Jalen Brunson. Brunson, I mean, they're getting a majority of the touches. Uh, Barrett played a little bit better in that last game against Orlando, but uh, in those first two games really struggled. Uh, but Julius Randle is absolutely locked in. I know. Can <laughs> you do a podcast with Locked On Knicks where they were trying to trade the Hornets. Julius Randle. Yep. Uh, do, do I have that right?
0: Yeah, they did. And look, it was valiant effort and we talked about what was going on and it was all respectful. I said I would not like to trade for Julius Randle, and maybe we should. If you want to continue the theme of this being small sample size measurements, maybe we should have traded here in Charlotte for Julius Randle. Um, a lot but, of yeah, years you'd be, you'd be really
1: him. you'd be really invested in Julius Randall i mean that's the problem but that's anyway correct. uh julius randall <laughs> looking at least through three games looking like he's ready to you know reclaim some of the status that he had two seasons ago so um Mitchell robinson also playing well in the defensive end he's blocking everything you know i think that's why this game if i'm if i'm watching one thing It's going to be pace of play. They did well in the half court against Atlanta. Didn't didn't push it as much as they pushed it in other games, especially off-life rebounds in that Atlanta game. Maybe that was a reflection of Atlanta getting back or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be key here because the Knicks want to slow things down. They want to get you in the mud. They've got a lot of size and a lot of length. The Hornets have that this year too and you know Nick the the ascension of Nick Richards and JT Thor have have given the Hornets a a length that they really haven't had, especially defensively in a long time. Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith Jr., as I mentioned that last segment, those guys stepping up too, that's been incredible for this Hornets team defensively. But the Knicks want to slow you down, Walker, and I think the Hornets have to push the pace of play as fast as they can. Even if they don't have LaMelo, even if they don't have Terry, they've got to make sure that they get out and run.
0: Well, you look at some of the guys coming off of the bench. It's been somebody I've been kind of enthralled with, Cam Reddish. I like Cam Reddish. I always have. It's just how it is. And I know that he's put up some bad, efficient inefficient numbers. But it's funny. Cam Reddish is an all-time, oh, my God, that guy was a beast in high school guy. Like Anthony Edwards, there was a clip of him one time talking about who's the dude that cooked him, who's somebody that just could not be stopped. They talk about Cam Reddish. In in like the way they talk about some of the gods in Greek mythology. So Cam Reddish, I want to see him put it together. And he's been very good so far. You know, he's averaging 12 points in 20 minutes off the bench. He's shooting efficiently from the field. He's shooting 55 from the field, 45, 44.4, I should say from three. So can the bench for the Hornets, where maybe you count Dennis Smith Jr. Maybe you don't because some of the injuries, but whatever. He's still a bench like player. You know, Ken, who is the bench that can come out on top here? McDaniel's been playing well for Charlotte, Dennis Smith Jr., Nick Richards coming in off of the bench, right? JT Thor, can he have his best game in the young start to the season? Or will you still see some Knicks playing very well, like a Cam Reddish and even um, an Isaiah Hartenstein, who was everybody's Ooh. favorite backup center on the open market? And the Knicks decided to go get him.
1: I just smacked my forehead again because I'm just really I having
0: looking at a different tab.
1: I'm really having a blast with these hustle stats so far. This small sample size theater that we've been doing the whole whole show. But the Charlotte Hornets as a team are number one tied for first with the Los Angeles Lakers in deflections per game. Loose balls recovered per game. That uh, the Hornets are six, tied for six with six. But in first place, the New York Knicks had eight loose balls recovered per game. And that's, you know, that's Clifford, that's Tibbs. You know, I I think that's the effect that you're seeing of coaching on the defensive end of the floor, on the hustle stats, and also the Knicks are number one in the league so far this season in box-outs per game at 15.3 and total box-outs. This team can rebound. They have for years, and again, they have a lot of size in the interior that is dedicated to rebounding, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mitchell Robinson uh, is, is going to be uh, difficult to deal with on the offensive boards. I feel like I always say this when when the Hornets match up with the Knicks, but it's going to be so key not to give this team second chance opportunities. Uh, that's been a focus for the Hornets all season. They've been, you know, and you saw it in that Atlanta game, by the way. That first quarter of the Atlanta game, it looked like all was lost because they were not physical on the boards at all. Then you insert Nick Richards. JT Thor comes in a little bit later, adds a level of physicality on the boards that the Hornets had not to that point shown. And that's what turned it around. Yes. Gordon Hayward was hitting tough shots yes Kelly Oubre uh was uh doing a lot of things offensively that were great all those things have to be there as well but it's got to start with being able to finish these possessions defensively and that's what they have to do against New York in order to win I think they can I'm not giving the Hornets any credit I'm not this is not about moral victories why because the beginning of this season is when the schedule is the easiest and you have opportunities to pick up crucial wins like you did against Atlanta that could come back at the end of this season and break some ties so i think this is an important game for the hornets as they look to that back-to-back later in the week that does feature orlando but also features the golden state warriors
0: it might be an unfair ask because of the injury but i'm asking yeah Knicks, orlando even with the injuries if you really want to make the play-in, these are the types of you know what you have you
1: to know at, You know what? I'm not asking. Bring the camera in close. I know we're about to end this show, but I bring the okay, camera in close.
0: That's, that's you. I can't do it.
1: I'm not asking. I'm demanding that the Charlotte Hornets win this game against the That'll New York do Knicks. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'll do it. Coach Branson, <laughs> tell the Hornets that he demands that you get a victory. No LaMelo, no Terry, no Cody Be Damned. You have to get this victory against the New York Knicks. And watch and my that, game
1: stream preview. Uh, we'll do it. Just go to YouTube and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel and turn notifications on. We're going to stream 2K. We're going to talk about this Knicks game some more. So if you're interested, uh, check us out on YouTube.
0: All right, thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every single day. Lockdown NBA, Lockdown NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Make sure you check out Doug doing the pregame preview via 2K where he streams live the video game like a true YouTuber. like He is embracing everything that is YouTube. He's giving you funny shorts. He's doing that in his car. He's also playing video (laughs) games on On YouTube as well. Yep, that's what he's doing. So, Doug has fully embraced YouTube. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow, anywhere you get your podcast, including YouTube, to preview and then, uh, excuse me, to recap the New York Knicks games.
1: They're also, New York Knicks also up there in contested threes per game. Hustle stats.